0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives
1: as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Israel reaffirms her covenant with the Lord and the nobles are invited to see God. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 24 on Simply the Bible.
0: The Lord had brought Israel to Mount Sinai, where he entered a covenant with them and gave them the Ten Commandments and other laws and judgments. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 24. Now he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. The Lord invited Moses, Aaron, Aaron's two sons, Joshua, and the 70 elders to come up the mountain partway to worship from afar, 75 people in all. But Moses alone would come near to the Lord. This reflects God's desire to have fellowship with His people. In the Old Testament, He set the boundaries for how close people could come. But in the New Testament, through the blood of Christ, Every believer can come as near to the throne of grace as he wants. James tells us, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The invitation has been given. It's up to us. Are we drawing near to God to spend time in fellowship with him? So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said we will do. Now, in chapters 20 through 23, the Lord gave Moses the laws and judgments, and he shared these with the people. And they said, everything the Lord says we will do. They reaffirmed the covenant they made earlier when they agreed to become God's own special treasure by keeping his commandments. However, within 40 days, They would break the first and second commandments by making the golden calf and worshiping it. Words are cheap. Promises are easily broken. Their problem was that they overestimated their own ability and underestimated the power of the flesh. We are powerless to obey the law of God apart from the Holy Spirit working in us. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. After they defeated the Amalekites in battle, the Lord told Moses to write a memorial for Joshua that he would blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. But this is the first record we have of Moses writing the words of the law in a book. This would be the book of the Covenant. And he arose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Now, Moses offered sacrifices because... The covenant had to be made with blood. Moses built a pillar for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. The Levites had not yet been selected to be priests, so Moses chose young men of the children of Israel, possibly one from each tribe, to offer the burnt offerings and peace offerings. Moses divided the blood into two equal portions. Half of it he sprinkled on the altar, This honored God's side of the agreement. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Now, why did Moses read the laws and judgments of the Lord again to the people? I don't know. Perhaps it was to make sure that they understood everything that they were committing to. They reaffirmed the covenant now for the third time. Verse 8. And Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you, according to all these words. Moses took the other half of the blood and sprinkled it on the people. This honored the people's side of the agreement. This is the first time in Scripture we read of a covenant of blood. Throughout history, the covenant of blood has been the most binding of agreements. I remember as a boy pricking my finger, and then my friend pricked his. We put our fingers together, and we were blood brothers. The author of Hebrews writes about this event, Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took The blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. The blood was especially important because God in His holiness was entering the covenant with man in his sinfulness. The author of Hebrews explains And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. The blood on the altar spoke of salvation, for man's sins were forgiven through the shedding of blood. The blood on the people spoke of their sanctification, for by the blood their hearts would be purified to live a holy life. Then Moses went up. Also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. Now this is a remarkable event. Because John tells us, in John 1, 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. We must compare Scripture with Scripture, and God does not contradict Himself. Therefore, when it says that the nobles of the children of Israel saw God, what does it mean? To be honest, I don't know. But I see three possibilities. Number one, they saw a representation of God. That is, they saw a manifestation of his glory, but not God directly. Number two, they saw a vision of God. Both Isaiah and Ezekiel had visions of God in heaven and survived. Or number three, they saw Jesus. This makes the most sense to me because it agrees with John that God is declared through the only begotten Son. And so Jesus told Philip, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Evidently, Moses was not completely satisfied with the vision he saw there, for later he asked God to show him his glory. And the Lord responded that he would let Moses see his backside, but not his face, for no one can see God and live. Now, as the nobles of Israel saw God, they observed that under his feet was the appearance of sapphire stone, a rich blue that was like the very heavens in clarity. This was a beautiful contrast to the fire and smoke on top of the mountain they had seen previously. This revealed the more tender and gracious attributes of God, who is rich in mercy. And even though they saw God, they did not die. One last hint that, They were probably looking at Jesus. They ate and drank in his presence. Jesus was always eating with people. Verse 12, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. Moses was invited to go further up the mountain to be with the Lord and to receive his commandments. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Earlier, Moses had chosen Joshua to lead the battle against the Amalekites. Now, Joshua is identified as Moses' assistant. There was no better way for Moses to train his assistant than to bring him along with him as he drew closer to the Lord. This is true of any of us. If we would disciple someone, the best thing we can do is to seek the Lord together. Now, it is interesting that Moses told the elders to wait there until he and Joshua Return. He told them that they had Aaron and her with them, and yet, while Moses was gone for forty days and forty nights, somehow Aaron ended up down off the mountain and with the people below, and they persuaded him to make a golden calf. It is always dangerous to leave the post to which we've been assigned. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days, and on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Moses and Joshua went as far as the cloud near the top of the mountain and then stopped. There they waited for six days before God called to Moses out of the cloud and told him to come up into the cloud by himself. Why did God have Moses wait six days? There's much in scripture about waiting on the Lord. Spiritual things cannot be rushed. We don't control the rate of revelation. God does. I believe that often God makes us wait so that He can prepare our hearts for what He would give us. If we would receive God's best, then we must learn the art of waiting patiently on Him. Verse 17, The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain, in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Now those below saw Moses step into the consuming fire and probably wondered if they would ever see him again. God is a consuming fire, and many are afraid of him. But to those of us who have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ, the consuming fire does not destroy, but rather it purifies. As gold is refined in the fire, so we are refined as we spend time in his holy presence. Moses entered the consuming fire and yet was not consumed. Just like the burning bush that he first saw on the mountain. He saw it burning, but it wasn't consumed. Likewise, God wants the consuming fire of His Spirit to remain on you, and yet you are not consumed. Rather, you are empowered to be a witness for Him to a world who doesn't know Him. Are you ready
1: to enter the fire You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. Tomorrow we'll see where the Lord gives Moses instructions for receiving an offering and making a sanctuary where he can dwell with his people. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Exodus on Simply the Bible.